Hey guys, welcome to the Babylon Pastor Podcast. My name is Michael. And I'm Rob. Stay with us as we talk about church, theology, culture, and everything in between. Hey guys, welcome back to your weekly comfort show in which all your problems go away. And I need to learn to turn off my stuff. Like I got bings and beeps and dings over here. Anyway, welcome to the show. Sorry for the distraction. Is this another bill? You're no, this was a text now. Um, this is just a text, but it's going to go off again because I can't, I don't know where my iPad is, so it's just going to bang again. What What do they say? Um, what was it? Um, your fire <laughs> don't come back. Oh, no, no big deal. No big deal. No, 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 <laughs> important. Nothing, nothing major. Yeah. God will provide. Yeah, well, yeah, been in that situation before. That'll be another podcast for another day. Guys, if you are... Uh, returning. I don't know why you're here, but we're, we're glad you're here. Um, but this month we're talking about um, kind of how some of the language we use in church is <clears throat> um, confusing at best for some people um, that aren't believers or maybe coming to visit. Last week we covered worship music um, and some of the words we use there. This week is probably more in me and Rob's wheelhouse, which is the, pre- the words we use during preaching um, and how sometimes those are a bit confusing. Um, I don't know. I'd be interested to hear your, your, your side of this, Rob. Like I remember there was a distinct time where I started thinking, I don't think people understand the words that I'm using. <laughs> and I had to kind of shift up maybe a little bit of my sermon, how I, how I preached a little bit in order to kind of bring people in a little bit more. Yeah. Um, so I, I, again, uh, like last week, I think even more so here, um, it's important to remember context, right? Mm-hmm. Because preaching sees so many different contexts. Yeah, I think yeah. the two the, the two um, that really come to mind to make the point is um, the the evangelistic kind of situation, right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> such as. Uh, for me personally, that would be like Easter, Christmas, like I mentioned last week. Um, it would include Good Friday. Like I got to preach the community Good Friday service this year. <clears throat> and so a lot was, of fire from heaven in that sermon. Yeah, that was the whole point. Um, n- no, not, not at all. Uh, I basically um, just expounded on what was finished. But anyway, uh, the um, so the the venue is really important. There are going to be things like camp, like you you, which kind of got the ball rolling for you wanting to do this. Um, that that is going to be more evangelistic, typically than um, yeah, by and large. You know, then have an altar service every night, right? Right. Then then a deep theological breakdown of. Leviticus, right? Um, but uh, so you're going to have to treat some of those things differently just based on context, uh, where you're preaching, who you're preaching to. Uh, well, I remember when we first started this whole thing, uh, one of the things that we did on like month two or something was um, preaching styles. You remember that? Yeah, and, that was some of the uh, more. Um... That's Stephen Furtick uh, podcast, yeah. and Mike Todd one is the most listened podcast we've ever done. 
Well, and and do, do you know why? It's because they connect to their audience so well. They're also controversial figures. <laughs> right. No, that's true. But but I think that they they connect to their audience so well because they know even more so than a lot of other preachers necessarily. The, those guys are excellent, not at theology, um, not at expositional preaching. They're terrible at both of those things. What? FYI. But but at knowing who they're talking to mm-hmm. and how to preach and speak to those particular people, to that type of okay. person, that it you, it's hard to find people who are better at that kind of thing. That's right? true. That's very true. So, um, so that's important for us to consider when we're talking about this because um, you are – uh, God is still part of the audience in preaching, right? However, um, the people in the pews, the people in the chairs out there, right? Um, they are uh, a bigger part of the audience now than they were during worship music. Oh, yeah, time, for sure. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so the the whole point of preaching is expounding the word of God so that you know, to, to build up the church and to convict the Holy spirit convicts through it and so many things. Right. Um, so based on venue, right. And audience and who, who the people are that are in front of you, that will change things. Right. Mm -hmm. It it even changes things when you're doing it on a screen. Um, and this kind of setting or because, you know, there are situations where guys are, <clears throat> excuse me, guys are preaching essentially or giving devotions, whatever um, on the screen. And so that is going to look a little bit different than church. <clears throat> yeah. that's, um, no, that's for sure. <laughs> it's, yeah. a, it's a lot weird. I know when we first started doing, um, when we, we were out of church for a minute, when we first started doing sermons via the internet and I had, I, I had the camera set up right in front of the pulpit for the pastor. He was like, this is the strangest thing in the world. Like it was just really <laughs> strange to see. Like he was like, he felt the compulsion, like he could stop at any point. And I'm like, I can't edit all of this. <laughs> like just preach to the camera. Like this was a person because there's, it is, there's this different dynamic. Yeah. Cause now yeah. there's not like, you can't, for anybody that's not preaching, I mean, I guess if you've given a speech, it's similar in the nature that you can kind of read the, read the room a bit, but it is different because now, like, if you don't have people in front of you, there's times where I've said something and I can tell, okay, they didn't understand that. And now I can kind of back and, yep. kind of, you know, explain a bit to where if you're on video, forget that. Good luck. Hopefully you've thought this through. Yeah. 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 And so I think that that changes things a little bit, right? If I'm in a camp setting, for instance, um, and then I'm going to more naturally and more regularly explain things in a more elementary way. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a way that's a lot more clear for an unbeliever that might be there. However, Sunday morning here, um, we refer to what we do as a worship gathering, right? We are uh, gathering together as Christian people to worship and lift up God. 
Um, and so when I preach Sunday morning, it is literally like no holds barred from the scriptures. Whatever is there is what's coming out of my mouth. That's mm -hmm. it. There's no other option. Um, and so uh, now there are times that, um, that I flavor something uh, in a way on purpose so that any anybody will understand right what i'm getting at and i try to do that anyway because i know it's a small enough church right that that um i mean i know people i know most yeah. of the people there so i know how so to talk to them, right so in some at some level this is a con it's just a one-sided conversation <laughs> because i know them i know kind of how they'll respond to this thing i say or that um but but there is uh, definitely a sense in my application time uh, in in a sermon that, so I, okay, I think I do uh, two things on purpose. I'll say it that way. Um, one, in the introduction, most of what you'll be taught in preaching school or when you're taking preaching classes or something is introductions are um, this thing that pulls you in, right? The thing mm -hmm. that, you know, some fabulous statistic or story or whatever, right. Yeah. That kind of prepares the people to listen. So I, I don't like knock people for doing that. I don't do that. Um, I, I kind of figure if you're here, we've never talked about this, but I'm very interested in what you're going to say. Cause yeah. I think we're similar. Yeah. I don't, I don't do that because I, I think, um, if I guess I look at it this way, honestly, and I haven't really thought about this intently, but I, I see it as though if, if you're here, you're here um, to hear me preach, right? Even if, even if it's terrible, you came to hear, you know, the, yeah. the preaching of the word regardless, right? So part of the idea behind that introduction being this way or that way is earning the, the attention of the audience, right? Mm -hmm. And the way that I look at it is if you don't want to pay attention to me, don't come, right? Like, or sleep. I don't care, right? This yeah. apparently isn't for you. But um, so what I do, like, so we're preaching through Matthew and um, walking through that together. So what I'm going to do is uh, it's just a, it's a bring us back to where we're at in Matthew moment. That's really what it is for me. Mm -hmm. So um, right now, as a, for instance, it's Matthew 11 and 12 is where we're focusing that and i'm uh, gonna finish up 11 this week okay um so i might go back i might reference back to the beginning of chapter 11 and and um talk through some of that i might go all the way back to like the sermon on the mount at some level and and um, bring us to this to where we're at now um long story short every week at some level i paint the context that we're in and yeah. that ends up sort of being the introduction. That's bring us up to speed of where we're at. Now let's dive into the word, right? Yeah. Um, I think that that helps someone who's new, who's an unbeliever, right? Mm -hmm. They're never going to walk in and feel like, um, so we're not the church that just does like six weeks on marriage, right? Or whatever, right? Eight weeks on how to kill anxiety or whatever, that kind of stuff. Um, it gives me anxiety thinking about doing that for eight weeks, <laughs> dude, you're not kidding. Um, but so we're not that church, that kind of preaching, I would argue mm -hmm. is less honoring. Uh, but, uh, 
however, that kind of preaching lends itself to the audience that's less experienced, mm-hmm. to the audience that's more unbe- like the unbelievers who show up or the baby Christians who might show up and not mm-hmm. get everything. Um, but I think when, when I bring the context in and I do everything in plain English, I try to do that. Or I, what are you doing if not making it understandable for the people? Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Point, right. So, um, and then in the application portion of everything, right. Uh, I might, this happens often, not every week, but often where I'll, I'll have an application essentially for the unbeliever who might be there. And it's usually shorter, yeah. But there, there's a sense in which I have to treat every week like there's an unbeliever or two or fifty there. I, mm-hmm. You don't know, right? So, um, so I always try to treat it like that. And of course, the greater bit of the application is always, but we who are here in Christ can whatever, right? Yeah. Um. So th- those are things that I do specifically. I think to help with that version that you preach from Mm -hmm. helps with that kind of thing too. Oh, for sure. There's been people that read, I mean, not to knock the King James version, but I'm just like, I don't even know how to follow along in my version. (laughs) Cause these these are like, I'm lost still. And I got my Bible in front of me. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's, that's actually a bigger deal than we give it credit uh, for sometimes. Um, But uh, like there are, so for the King James, if I preached from the King James version, I wouldn't necessarily have a problem with that until I get to Revelation, because then it's a problem. But, um, but at the same time, I'm I'm probably going to spend twice the amount of time mm-hmm. just explaining what the English version says. Yeah, not even diving into the you know, you have to spend time in this generation explaining what the text even says yeah uh, or i think the important thing is too (laughs) vice versa if i'm using god forbid the translate the passion or the message now i have to go back the other direction (laughs) i know i'm not i'm not using those (laughs) okay welcome to michael's podcast I'm just saying like, it's, it's just as problematic. And this is why I have an issue with people using those. Cause now you got to go backwards and there's this idea that it's more simplistic when it's actually more problematic. But I, I like what you said about the catching people up part because I preach. And I think if you've listened to this podcast very long, you already know this. I preach once a month at my church. So whenever I do preach, I'm trying to catch you up to where I'm at. <laughs> Mm -hmm. as far as if it's it's an epistle i'm gonna catch you up to that chapter if it's the gospels i'm gonna catch you up to that point where we're in the gospels but i mean anything i'm getting up this is you're you're walking in halfway through the movie regardless unless i'm starting in chapter one but that's what i try to do so that that even if you're a new believer if you're a believer and you haven't been in this you know part of the bible for a while like whatever it is i need you to know where we're at so you understand what we're talking about yep um, and then what I found is oftentimes, uh, I, like you said, I don't start with any story. I, I find that to be a waste of time, to be quite frank. Um, I just jump right into the text. Like I'm going to give, I'm tell you where we're going to preach from. I'm going to do the preface up to the point. So that gives you time to find it as well as me to give you some background. And then we're going to jump right in. Uh, cause like you said, if you're there, you better not here, be here to hear me talk. Cause your, <laughs> your bar is needs to be lowered. But the, <laughs> the idea here is that, 
I'm going to try to catch you up. And then there's times that I found, for example, that there's words that I think people would understand justification, sanctification, glorification, those really things that I would assume people would know that um, I've actually started in my preaching kind of giving very short definitions of those. Because what I found is when I used those in a sermon, the people that were at least bold enough to ask me after would ask me. And I thought, man, I would have assumed you would have known this. Mm -hmm. So now I just build it in because there's a lot of people that aren't going to be bold enough to, to come up to you after and ask that question. So I just build that in. But the idea is like, if there are these big cultural differences, I want to put that in there because again, I think that sometimes we're, not only the believer, but the unbeliever is going to be very confused about what that means. Um, they're definitely not going to know what words like justification or sanctification mean. Um, and to, again, to make this as easy as possible <laughs> for, for whoever's hearing it. And again, I think this is the same application used in worship, right? The idea is trying to make this as simple as possible for you to understand at least what's happening. Even if you don't believe it, even if you don't fully understand, I mean, because I mean, there's reasons there's systematic theology books that are like as thick as a house, right? I mean, there's reasons for that. You're not going to get it all. But to make it as easy as possible for you at least to comprehend what's happening uh, in the given sermon. And then, like I said, I really like what you said at the end there as far as as pastors, there almost needs to be this two-sided application for the, for, you know, for the believer versus the one that doesn't believe. Um, so, so that, cause I mean, in every, in the text that we're preaching from, regardless of what it is, there is going to be this different response regard, regarding who's, who, who's listening. Um, but again, I think the biggest part of that is making sure, and I, the, to, to, to be fair, the camp speaker did a really good job the night we were there of defining, he did preach on sanctification, ironically. Um, but he did a really good job of breaking that down in a way that 12 to 18 year olds would understand. And very simple, you know, uh, I think what he said was um, justification is you getting all of God and sanctification is God getting all of you throughout this process, which again, there's, you could define it differently. There's probably somebody that finds an issue with that, but it, it's a simplistic definition for a teenager uh, to start to ask those questions. But it was one of those things that he knew that they weren't going to understand it. Most of them weren't even going to hurt. That was the first time they were hearing that term. So there was this need to define it but not spend the whole time defining it and then go into it a little bit. So, yeah, I, I do the same thing that I'm, I just didn't think about saying that, I guess, but, but that's true. Like I, I do the same, I actually would end up doing it in the opposite order that you talked about. Like most of the time I, I might say something like, um, and this, this is a lifelong journey that we're on to look more and more and more like Christ, to be taken over more like him, mm -hmm. to surrender more to him and all those things. And um, that, that's the fancy Christian-y theological word that we call sanctification, right? Yeah. That's what it is. And I might say it like that, right? But, but I do the same thing, right? Um, because we... Um, we don't live in an era that uses all of that language now. No, for we sure. We just don't. And so uh, that doesn't mean they're less holy. You know what I mean? Like, I think sometimes that's the, <laughs> that's a struggle for uh, people in past generations is they think, well, why don't you know that and what that means? But frankly, I think there's a lot of people back then that don't know what that means. You know, right. Heard. <laughs> right. Good for you. <laughs> but, um, 
so I, I would, I, I preach in an elementary, at an elementary level, mm-hmm. I think. Um, I think. I don't listen to me a whole lot, but I try to do that. Um, but a, a good, for instance, is the past two weeks in Matthew chapter 11, we've been, uh, I, I worked through, in the past two weeks, I worked through um, verses 16 through 24, which is, um, how, do, how am I going to describe this generation? Um, and then he gives that little example, and then he says, John came in this way, right? And you said he had a demon. I came eating and drinking and you're calling me a glutton and a drunkard and all these things. Woe to you. And he starts, you know, and so that was very evangelistic. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, believe in the gospel kind of a sermon, right? So there was definitely application for the unbeliever and the believer there, Mm -hmm. right? Um, uh, because repentance still happens in an, in a believer. It just looks a little bit different. Um, but if I, if the application is more like something that applies to just all people or um, so understandable and elementary that I'm applying it to the church, but so understandable and elementary that I don't have to say anything to the unbeliever. Right. Like like if the application is we're supposed to be um, kingdom citizens and people who bring the kingdom to light in this world. And so the application might be, you know, in Dickinson, where we live, blah, 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 blah. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's something that even the unbeliever is going to get what I'm saying to the people, to the church. Right. Um, But even then, I'll address the church specifically um, and not you know, any unbeliever that might be there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I, I think we just have to be clear. I mean, yeah. at the, the, the very crux of the matter is that like, we have to be clear yeah. when we're preaching and know who we're preaching to. Yeah. Yeah. And just understand those terms too. I think, I mean, in regards to, um, I think you told me there was a while back when you were earlier in Matthew, like you were having to break down what the kingdom meant, what that looked like, what, what that, what that was. Because even I think for some believers, sometimes it's a little, a little confusing um, or maybe they've heard something before that just wasn't accurate, but mm-hmm. yeah, clarity, I think is the whole thing. The, I, one of the things that I've learned at least, and I'm sure older pastors learned this a long time ago before me, but um, just understanding that like what I'm saying may not be as clear to the person that's hearing it as I assume it is. So mm-hmm. to find that really that nice balance of not over explaining, and now I'm taking half the sermon up to explain something that doesn't need half the sermon. Um, but at the same time, knowing that, you know, um, there's going to be things that I know that I take as assumptions because I've been in it for so long that, um, I'm just going to assume they're going to know. And that I'm not anticipating that they may not know, or I'm not even anticipating the reaction to that. So I'm not, uh, there's two things that I've already missed out on as I'm trying to clarify the word for them, trying to, you know, exhort and call them to, to into things that God has, um, but because now I've missed, now I've said a term they don't understand. And I also didn't anticipate their, you know, their reaction to that term or that question. Now I've just missed them entirely <laughs> because I are preaching and I don't think I'm, oh yeah, I'm, I'm doing a real good job. And they go home and they're just like, I'm entirely confused. <laughs> <laughs> so what I thought was super clear is not at all super clear. Now, again, like you said, you, you're not going to, you're not going to be able to do this perfectly, but to be aware 
of of um, some of the things. Uh, so, for example, there's some times where I like I I bounce ideas off of my wife, or even sometimes my daughter, because I want to see is this clear? Like, is this where am I hitting? What levels am I hitting? What kind of you know are the things that I'm saying as clear as I think they are? And uh, come to find out, sometimes they're not, <laughs> and I have to go <laughs> back and be like, oh, okay, let's like I knew what I was saying, but it wasn't coming across that way. Um, and you know. So yeah, yeah, I think, I, I think um, there's a a good reason for uh, preachers to use different translations while they're preparing. Yeah, no, for sure. Too, because even the people in the chairs who are Christians who would claim to know Christ and all the things, um, any of them who have a Bible on their phone or a Bible in their lap or whatever, that we have people who have anything from. NIV New Living Translation. I have a person or two that even just uses the message, right? Um, which I don't recommend. Obviously, no, I mean, I mean, I'm assuming they're they're currently in church discipline, but I'm, I mean, I don't want to get yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And then a lot of ESVs and NASBs, and we have a few new King James yeah. versions and King. So the point being, um, there's a wide range. I have um, some people who use the Christian Standard Bible now. I don't know how much you know about that, but I have barely looked at it. It's, it's super plain English and um, it's actually a good translation. Uh, it seems so. Um, I, I use that. I use the ESV sometimes. Um, I don't have one version that I preach from necessarily mm-hmm. um, because I want to spend the least amount of time telling you, um, that dirge is a lament is a funeral song. You know what I mean? Like we sang a dirge for you and you did not mourn. Right. Mm -hmm. So the perceptive person is going to go, okay. I I mean, I get what that's saying. Right. Mm -hmm. But you know, at the same time, there are folks who are going to go, wait, what, what is a dirge? Right. And that's in the ESV. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. a, something we all use just about at this point. Yeah. But we have people who legitimately are young enough in their faith who haven't been, you know, brought up with all the words and stuff mm-hmm. that are going to see that and go, what? So, um, so this past week I used the Christian standard Bible, which literally just replaces that with lament, which is accurate. That's what yeah. it is. And right? it just makes it, you, it's less time to have to explain something. Yeah. Yep, so yep. if I don't have to tell you that this word means this, this English word means this, right? yeah, I would much yeah. rather spend those time saying this Greek word actually has a deeper meaning and it means this, and this is so big and whatever. Right. Yeah. I, I would much oh, rather. Really good point. Time. Yeah. So. No, I also thought, uh, I didn't want to interrupt you because you had such a good thing going there, but I thought as teenagers, if somebody would have said dirge, I mean, you would have been sitting in like whatever, if you going dirge, dirge and distracting <laughs> And not even listening to what was being said. So yeah, right. That would probably was us. I mean, I'm not going to put it past us. So, so pastors, just ignore those two idiots in the corner. Uh, maybe they'll, maybe God will do something later. Well, I remember God doing something through my parents a few times later. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, just a smack yep, back in the yep. head. Knock it off. The wrath of God was gently felt through my father's hand to the back of my skull. Yeah. Yeah. Was that you in church today? You're dead. 
<laughs> well, I tried to keep my laughs to a minimum, Father, but um, apparently you heard me. So, and we wonder why. We wonder why uh, they had us like in the first, like, what was it, two or three pews? Like, <laughs> all the youth are sitting up front. Okay. Yeah. So we could all get head slapped easily. Yeah. It was just easier to see everybody talking. So, which I still recommend. Hey, you know, there's. I, I, I film the, the sermons for the church. So I sit in the back and every so often after service, I, I'd be like, Haley, I saw your head bob a couple times. <laughs> she goes, yep, I does a couple. Good deal. All right, guys. Well, um, hopefully this was helpful, especially for pastors in this regard um, in prepping and just anticipating that. Next week, we'll be talking um, a little bit uh, more in depth as far as just some of the things that we look at as far as Christian community, because I think that's something else that um, well, I won't run it for you. I think there's a lot to be said about that and about the differences and how we interact with one another. That's important as well. So we'll next talk- week we're going to the commune. Woo. <laughs> talk to you next week. <laughs>